rise are under generation. <laughs> <laughs> a rising star on the hip hop scene, a native C uh, central district, central native of the central district of Seattle. Mafia D is an independent artist, CEO of Mafia Click Records. Yeah. yeah. Right. All right. All right. I'm mad at you because you got like three paragraphs. <laughs> Born and raised in the uh, Pacific Northwest, surrounded by nature, uh, arts, and culture, I am passionate about holistic health, social justice, and education, and have often been described as a visionary and a conduit and a natural healer and health nut. Uh, she has lived many years as an African American woman in many roles as a daughter, sister, friend, girlfriend, wife, and ex wife and for most of the past 20 years as a single mother, which brings its own set of additional roles, nurse, teacher, disciplinarian, advocate, role model, etc. She has all these identities combined while in her roles as an entrepreneur, healer, clinician, artist, thank you, student, American, all that to say she is understands being a complex being. Uh, she's earned a master's degree in clinical social work from the University of Washington, a bachelorette degree in sociology as a clinical social worker. She is trained in and has experience with a wide variety of therapeutic modalities, including integrated movement therapy, personal center therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, dialectic behavioral therapy, motivational interviewing, behavioral therapy, narrative therapy, solution focused therapy, mindfulness therapy, and trauma informed care. Eclectic blend of models and techniques of evidence-based practices based on clients' individual needs. And the only female on the panel. Woo! Woo. Yes, it is. Yeah. 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 Peace to the God, Logic Out Men. Logic Out Men is a son, father, recording artist, journalist, writer, educator, and former family presentation or preservation therapist. Amen has a degree in English literature and a master's in teaching and a master's in, in excitation all leadership. Uh, Amin is one of the founding members of CORE, which stands for the Coalition of Restorative Education. Amin seeks to help people he serves, helps the people he serves feel safe and important. As life's mission places a high premium on healing via education, Amin is currently serving as the assistant principal of Lincoln High School in Tacoma, Washington. He lives in Seattle, Washington. And last but not least, we have Vitamin D. Vitamin D is a recording artist, rapper, DJ, and audio engineer from Seattle, Washington. Widely acknowledged as one of the most important contributors to Seattle hip-hop scene and the founder of the Seattle Sound. Vitamin D is responsible for the production and engineering on many of the area's releases, most of which are recorded in his studio, The Pharmacy. His production career boasts works for artists such as Callie Tuna? Charlie Tuna. Charlie Tuna. Oh, Charlie Tuna. Okay. Uh, sorry, my bad. Strange Fruit Project, Red Man, Young Buck, and Black Sheep, and the theme song for Power, amongst many others. Mm. Oh. All right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> the original, Beginning his hip-hop career while still in high school, Vitamin D created the label Tribal Music Inc. and was responsible for the production work on many of the label's releases. Most of his early work was completed while he was a part of the group 
Ghetto Children, with whom he made several appearances on compilation albums released by Tribal Music Inc. The first incarnation of the pharmacy was founded in his mother's basement and since moved locations on several occasions. The pharmacy has an open door policy welcoming anyone from the community to come in and work. Vitamin D also mentors youth in the community, giving young people from rough neighborhoods the opportunity to make music. I'm one of them. Oh, okay. Definitely. First demos and all that. Right on. Well, again, thank you and welcome for being here tonight. This is the second installment of our Africa Town Black Health and Wellness Meetup. Our first one took place on January 4th, and we have another one planned for February the 22nd at Black Dot. So if you want more information about that, we can get that afterwards, but we have a limited amount of time, so we want to jump right into the questions. Victorious, this first one is for you. Uh, why did you think this film was important to make, and is there a personal connection, and what did you hope to achieve? Uh, personal connection, well, I didn't know jazz, I didn't know World Intervene, didn't, didn't like funk, you know, a lot of things I, I wasn't really too attached to, but what drew me to the story was that when I found out about Weldon, he had influenced so many people, but his name was, was concealed, you know, sometimes voluntarily, sometimes unconsciously, and then I found out how he left the planet, right. he um, left on volition, you know, and I have, uh, since I was 19, I have five friends that, that died the same way, died by suicide, and um, I really felt it, you know, and I used to work in music, and, and I have uh, influenced on some things that, that maybe my name is not mentioned, and so I felt that too, and I thought that he deserved his story you know, to be told, and I think that even if you're not a musician, you know, a lot of people can relate to feeling unappreciated, you know, or, you know, you go to a funeral and sometimes it's all about what that person did for everybody else and never about who they were as a person. So, uh, yeah, so that, that was all the, all the stuff. And what did you hope to achieve by making this film? I mean, honestly, because I wasn't that invested in Weldon himself, and when I looked him up, there was nothing online, nothing Google, nothing on YouTube. Mm -hmm. So wow. I thought I had a quick documentary. I thought it took me, you know, like three, three, four months. You know, um, it's my first of this length and I wanted to achieve just like get something in, in the you know in the bag, say I did it. It took four years instead, you know, but um, I wanted people to take me seriously I, I guess. Can I ask just for people to raise their hand? Who felt like after watching this film, they really knew Weldon Irvine? Not like we're watching a film about him, but like knew him personally. Yeah, that's that's the power of what yeah. you did because that yeah. was very yeah. So, Vitamin D, this next one for you. Uh, you've been a full-time hip-hop musician for how long? Mm. <laughs> By tw 27 years. 27 years? And how does Welding Irvine's story, uh, life, connect with you? How does that connect? Dang near 100%, <laughs> excluding the way you went out. I'm not going out like that, you feel me? But um, no, I 100% feel this pain having 
mentor and giving advice, sounds, whatever it might be, to dozens of Grammy-winning and platinum artists, and I don't have any of those kind of accolades whatsoever. So I can 100% relate to his story, like watching like my peers gain crazy success. And I mean, I'm not, you know, I, I do all right. Like I, I ain't quit yet and I ain't had to, you know, foreclose yet or not ever, not ever. you know what I mean? But like, you know, no, it's tough. Like it's tough because like you're one, you could be one move away from success or you could be one move away from Skid Row, really, like, mm -hmm. where I'm at, you know, so, I 100%, and the pressure of life coming down on you and stuff, you know, like, no, I mean, I, I know for, like, personally, I've, um, that pressure has brought me to dark places, to the point where I've had to get therapy, so. Wow. So, luckily I had family around me enough to be like, bro, go get some therapy, you know what I mean, go get some therapy. <laughs> And therapists in the family, you know, like, we know firsthand what it can do. Go talk to somebody. And the other side of it that I can relate to is when you taste a little bit of it, you're on stage and things like that. At that point, like, when you become that guy, you can't, sh you can't show that other side to people. People don't want to really see that, you know what I mean? So you can't really show it. So it puts you in a position where you're forced to hide it and subsequently forced to not deal with it. So that's how I relate to it. There you go. That last piece is critical because that's something that stood up to me in the film where he said the image. You always have to put up the image. And when you're putting up an image all the time, you can't be your authentic self. So it's a, you have to suffer or, or sacrifice one for the other. Some gotta go. I just wanted to add to what he said, you know, because, you know, you know, I'll be trying to tell him that, you know, he was my mentor. You know, I got my ASR 10 because of him. You know what I'm saying? I worked on different equipment. I used to go down into the basement, see all the thousands of records. I know I've probably seen the uh, the, the Weldon uh, record probably a thousand times and never ever really noticed it until like right now. You know what I'm saying? So he's one of my mentors. You know what I'm saying? I, I feel like I'm a graduate of the, uh, of the pharmacy. Got my own studio. Every time I get some equipment, he come over and help me, you know, put it together. So we just need to recognize, you know what I'm saying, our griots and our and our healers in the community yeah. like Vitamin, yeah. you know, and, and, and reach out and, and, and let them know how much we appreciate them because they are custodians of our cultural history. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, or this one's for you. The music is taking you literally around the world on some of the biggest stages. How did the film resonate with you or your own journey thus far? Yeah, I agree with Vida. Like, um, <clears throat> besides that, the, the last part, but you know, I, I feel like uh, the film is a mirror. It's like you get to see exactly your experiences. <laughs> it's, it's very, it's very, a very intimate film. And I, I do want to commend you. It's, it's thrice great. That's a thrice great film. Beautiful. It's just, uh, it, it, it just speaks to the heart, not necessarily, you know, thinking of this film like, oh, in 65 and 67 and then this and then that, but in a way that it connected with um, the heart space. And I love that about the story. You know, I think of every great story speaks to the heart 
And it, 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 when, the first time I watched it, I cried. I was just crying. I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> that's what, that's what, yeah, that's great music does that, great food, great sex, great. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and that feels that feels that feels amazing. But uh, the, what Logic said, uh, Logic, the first time I was in the in the lab with you, you told me that Vida was your yeah, yeah, yeah. put you on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's the first thing Logic said to me. Exactly what he just said right now. So that's real. That's like you're not even saying it just because we're here. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm but uh, what Logic, Logic, what you did for me is you were the first one to make talking about mental wellness cool for me. Mm -hmm. With the griot party, being able to, like, and, and Vida did the griot party one time, and came through it, just made everybody laugh. But I, I feel like that, that particular platform is probably what they were missing back then in the mm -hmm. film. Mm -hmm. Just making it, uh, creating that, that space and that intimacy where as a community, you could get, you could, into me, I see. You know? Yes, yes, yeah, yes. So, yes. So, Michelle, our only woman on the panel, this next one's for you. So, thoughts on the film and your healing professional. Thoughts on the film and your healing professional. What does mental health look like? <laughs> okay. Uh, you got it. Do you want to clarify that question? Okay, so as a healing professional, as a healing. yeah. What are your thoughts on the film as a healing professional? You know, I think what it really, I think the film really highlighted all of the different ways that, <laughs> you know, whole life is at play. You know, it's not just one thing that creates our mental wellness. It's, you know, our finances. If our financial can everybody hear health in the back? as well. I know I'm soft spoken. Am I loud enough? Speak up a little bit. Speak up a little bit. Okay. A little bass in your voice. <laughs> Sexist. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I think that it really demonstrated how all of the different ways that wellness shows up. Um, you know, it's not just a mental health issue that's going on. It's we look at our financial health and how that impacts, you know, our moves, whether or not we're able to access the resources and the tools and the supports that we might need. Um, you know, what our environment looks like, who's in it, who's talking in it, what are we listening to, um, who do we surround ourselves with, what toxicity or positivity is there. And, you know, a lot of this conversation, we're talking about the deficit side of mental health and what's missing and all of the ways that the traumas show up and the betrayals and the multiple betrayals that were displayed here and that everyone here has spoken about um, when you put yourself out there and you give of yourself and you, you give of your art and it's stolen, um, the helplessness that comes with that, um, all of the pains that come with that and you carry that around um, without an outlet to put it into. If you have to walk around with a mask and you don't have a place to really digest and process what you've gone through, then you just continue to add layers and layers and layers on top of things. So when we're looking at our financial health and our environment and also our biological health, like what's going on internally with the foundations, <laughs> the, the, the platform of your life, um, your nutrition, right? What foods are preparing the cells that 
help to contribute to the hormones that help you see the world in the way that you do. Um, what toxins are coming in through, you know, alcohol or sugars and, you know, processed foods that are also disrupting the way that we see the world in the first place. So if your foundation isn't solid, then it's harder. It's harder to manage things when your finances are off, your environment is off, your family and your social life, or re your relationships aren't maybe strong and solid. Um, but you're seen, um, just not really seen, you know. And so I think it's important that we really pause and look at the whole aspect of ourselves when we think about our wellness, um, and we put ourselves out there. And then we look at the what healing tools we have out here in our in our world. We have tools that God gave us from the earth, um, including other people. So, you know. So that was kind of the second part of the question, mm -hmm. what does mental wellness look mm -hmm. like? So can you share maybe a few of those tools or right. the natural things that we can do or, or that are out there for us to access? Yeah, yeah. You know, and I think one of them that the, the film really spoke to is music, you know, and the way that we heal ourselves with music. You know, and I... Um, I, as, an, as one who appreciates music and uses it as a tool for myself to uplift those darknesses, um, can appreciate both sides of being a contributor and one who organizes or creates. Um, so there's that, the creative piece, but there's also things like, you know, things I use in my practice are aromatherapy, you know, blending essential oils that are going to help you to shift out of some of that energy, move, remove some of that stress, alleviate some of that anxiety, you know, dissipate some of that sadness. Um, but, the, but the thing that I think is the biggest key is what's underneath the hood and what we put in our mouth. So, you know, if we don't get that solid, you can come back week after week and after week, and we can talk about it and come up with new coping strategies and skills to help with self-care and all of the different ways that you can think differently, so you feel differently, so you behave differently. But if you keep putting that junk in your mouth, well, you know, then the outcomes will continue to feel and look and sound the same. Logic, this one's for you. You are an educator, administrator, and are also doing healing work focused on the black community with the Griot Party. Can you talk about that? Well, yeah, the Griot Party and um, and, and Alicia, you know, Shell, uh, Vitamin, and Owar, they've all participated in some kind of way, you know what I'm saying, with the Griot Party. The Griot Party experience is basically, Griot is a, is a French word for a storyteller or a musician or a healer um, or um, that's the French word for it. That's what the colonizers called us, but in West Africa, but the original name was the Genre. That's what the colonizer called us was the the, the griot. That's a French word, but the original word was Jele, you know, and the griot was the historian, was the librarian, was the custodial um, custodian of all the cultural arts, a musician, a storyteller, and once they they first came into, you know, a civilization or a nation. They, they targeted, you know, the, uh, the griot, because within the griot is 10,000 books, they said, our whole library. Um, so what we want to do is we want to celebrate the griot, celebrate those stories that keep people alive, like the story of the brother that we just now saw, because that creates um, uh, avenues and opportunities and creates um, 
activates our muscle memory of how we can heal ourselves. So when we start to activate what the griot does, we understand that music, you know, and the arts and, the, and, and dealing with the vibrations helps um, us lower our inflammation, which causes like swelling. And that actually adds to a lot of the mental, what they call mental illness or um, unhealthiness. It's really about how our workings are with dealing with inflammation and our actually our gastro system and how we digest our foods. And it's our in our in our and our inner workings of our body and our vibrations are off. That's the reason why we cannot operate at that higher level of frequency. Does that make sense? Yeah. So everything's in tune, you know, with how when they brought us here. So that's why we need to start questioning and re-educating ourselves. Everything that came, you know, um, when they just co-opted the griots and changed like their philosophies and and what they're putting out there in the world because they're still doing it to the griots. They're still doing it. They're still like co-opting our griots and putting and planting little seeds so they can send out these vibrations to make us work for their, you know, fruits of weather, uh, fruits of their labor instead of us, you know, consuming it for ourselves. So the griots is basically to celebrate those storyteller, um, to recognize your hurt and stop giving your hurt a bad name. We wouldn't know what healing is if we didn't hurt. So that, that's, see, that's what another thing that the colonizer does in, in, that, in that binary system. Yeah. It's like either you hurt or heal. It's, it, it, can't, it doesn't always have to be um, this or that. It can be and. It can be or. You know what I'm saying? So you're always supposed to use your hurt as a reminder how to heal. And so when we, we want to reclaim the gentrified areas of Seattle, let people know that we're still here. Yeah. That's why our birthplace is at Columbia City Theater, because we're reclaiming this area, let people know. that We also did shows at, you know what I'm saying, uh, Langston Hughes, you know what I'm saying? Rooftop. Uh, rooftop. Yeah, rooftop parties, all that. So we reclaim those areas, let them know that we're still here. And um, I just want to add real quick um, two things. What does mental um, wellness look like? Mental wellness looks like not trying to get away from your sadness and not trying to stay in your happiness, but being at peace of where you're at. Because what the, what, how they colonize your mind, they always want you to have this sense of anxiety that you're not at peace of where you're at. Just be at peace with your sadness, be at peace with your hurt. And that season will come when you are going to rise and you're gonna spring again and your summer's gonna come. The problem is to have us anxious in the winter and the fall time. Like, man, why isn't it spring? Why isn't it summer? Because you're in your winter season. So we gotta work on our anxiety. If we go back and look at our forefathers and our foremothers, right? We'll understand that all of our leaders probably suffer from anxiety manic depression, you know what I'm saying, uh, bipolarism, all of that, because they had their frequencies off for a reason. Yes, That's why I want to say that. And the last thing I want to say, we have to redefine love. And love is seeing yourself in someone else and serving the you and them. Mm -hmm. That's what the Griot Party's trying to do. Bring that back. Amen. Yeah. I like the last one, but I also like using our hurt as a way to remember how to heal. That's excellent. We should all keep that. Mafi D, this one's for you. You had a song called Mental Health. Can you share the hook? And then why do you think it's important to address issues like this? Um, I, I feel like it's important because... Share the hook, share the hook. Oh, uh, I don't really want to cuss on it. Oh! oh. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, y'all can go listen to it. You know what I'm saying? We can't, huh? we can't have it. Everybody grow up. I should, um, I should, um, I'll get to it later. Oh. <laughs> but uh, I don't really want to cuss and all that, but 
what I feel like um, mental health, you know what I'm saying? I feel like in the black communities and being young and black and growing up in my household, like reaching out to somebody and telling them what I was going through wasn't something that I was comfortable with. And I feel like as, you know, when you're growing up and you know what I'm saying, as a, as a child, I feel like parents should more so just tune into what their kids is doing, you know what I'm saying? And, pay more close attention to them because there's no reason why I should be feeling this type of way or want to understand some things and I can't go to my mom or my father or my uncle. You know, anybody that's close to me, I, I shouldn't have to go outside to the streets to my friends and figure out what it, you know what I'm saying, when I have somebody who's already been through it, you know what I'm saying, getting the answer from somebody that's going through it with me, it's kind of like the blind leading the blind, you get what I'm saying? But um, another thing I wanted to add to in, that I got from uh, just watching bits and pieces of uh, uh, welding is that I was watching and I seen that he was going through life, I feel like, trying to get his just due. Like he just wanted to be credited for something, even if it wasn't like money, he just wanted to be acknowledged. And I feel like that's how I can connect with it because being young and doing music is kind of like, okay, well, and being independent, it's like, well, where do I fit in? Especially being in Seattle where the percent of black people isn't that high, you know what I'm saying? So the market for music down here, for the culture that I'm from, from my Seattle, isn't really on a broad scale, it's not really looked at. So I, I, I can understand, because it's like, you know, I want to be acknowledged and, you know what I'm saying, get my just due, and I feel like everybody in the room can, can feel that, you know what I'm saying? Everybody wants to be acknowledged or wants to be a part of something greater than them, you know what I'm yeah. saying? So, yeah. yeah. True. So since you say that, how important do you think it is in, in terms of, of mental health to be acknowledged and be seen? It's very important because as you see, I feel like that's ultimately what led him to, to his death. You know what I'm saying? Because like uh, Vita said, once you get to a place to where like you're not inferior, but you're like, you're, you're this figure now and nobody looks at this figure as to like, oh, you're weak or you have something going on or there's something wrong with you, you know what I'm saying? So I feel like him suppressing that, you know, kind of, you know, messed him up a little bit. So I feel like, you know what I mean, if you, you're going through that, man, you need somebody to talk to or just to reassure you or to sit down and have somebody comfortable around you enough where you can be like, man, you know, this is what I'm going through and, you know what I mean, I need help with this, I need help with that. And, you know, just and just to understand that people in, in, in certain lights, you know what I'm saying, whether it's celebrities or somebody you look up to, at the end of the day, they're human. So they go through things just like us, like they're not robots, you know what I mean? So, yeah. So this question is for all of you. Black people, including black men, exist in an environment that is dominated by people, ideas, policies, and systems which seeks to oppress as black people. How can we be in our right minds in the face of all this? Can anybody just jump in? Did you get the question? You want me to repeat? Yeah, run it back. Black people, including black men, exist in an environment that is dominated by people, ideas, policies, and systems which seek to oppress black people. How can we be in our right mind in the face of all these things? I, I could I could jump in on that. <laughs> so I, I feel like, okay, if we have ideas, policies, and you know things in place to you know like in colonization, our in our, in our mind, right? are, are you saying that all that is in our community that works against us? Is, is that what you're saying? Okay. Uh, yeah, I think I think ultimately it's gonna come down to to learning more about yourself. 
you know, like, ultimately, uh, at the end of the day, I believe that uh, the self-esteem, we live in a narcissistic society, what does that mean? We live in a society, if you, if you over 100 pounds, you're too fat. If you're under 100 pounds, you're too skinny. If you, if you over five feet, you're too tall. If you under five feet, you're too short. If you black, you're too black. If you white, you're too white. If you're smart, you're too smart. Nobody, nobody wins. Everybody, nobody's enough, right? Mm -hmm. So the way you get around that, and, and, it, and it's all about self-esteem. I think that comes back to self-esteem. Having a self, that's why they call it self-care. That's why they call it self-love. That's why they call it self, you know, self-rejuvenation, yeah. self-revival, all of those. I think it comes, it comes back to knowing the self. So you can have a self to express, self to, to be, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yes. And, uh, Knowing yourself will come on so many levels. Like Michelle was talking about all of these things, like uh, like diet, for instance. Everybody, part of yourself is how you digest food. Mm. Everybody digests food in different ways. Mm. That's part of knowing yourself, right? Mm. Yeah. Uh, knowing your 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 uh, the patterns of your ruminations. That's part of knowing yourself, right? Mm. Like how you think psychologically and like what loops you get caught up in. Another part of knowing yourself is knowing your history, knowing your family line, knowing where your DNA resides. Like when somebody tell you you this, you be like, hold on, but actually you're telling me something you don't know about, but I can, I can inform you, you know what I'm saying? So I think it's know thyself. And, um, and I think that's, that's part of the whole idea of it being mental, right? So um, because it is mental, because like the way we think influences the way the world manifests itself. And I think when, when we know ourselves, then those ideas can be aligned in a way where, you know, they, they magnetize with like minds as opposed to meeting resistance. Yeah, so. Can I have that? All right, all right, all right, all right. Knowing yourself, of course, is very important, and he laid out, um, the reasons why, but um, in watching that film, if you look at a complete self, his self made him do what he did, right? That leads me to believe that perhaps aligning yourself with a greater purpose than yourself may be a better answer. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that to contradict, maybe add that along too. I don't know how you would bridge those two concepts, you know, but um, mm -hmm. I know what has kept, I can, um, my personal testament would be that when times get rough, when I feel like I wasn't um, getting my just due, as he um, pointed out earlier, um, it's like, how do I overcome that? Because I, I have no control over that, right? I do have control over fulfilling my purpose, though. Mm -hmm. You feel me? If my purpose is to enlighten the people, like, what are you doing the music for? Like, in, you know, I can tell by the music he wrote, it was to push it forward. To uplift. To uplift what he loved, which is his music, right? So, and to spread, to spread the word, which he clearly was good at. And you can tell by, you know, the fruits of, you know, his labor, so to speak. And you can tell by his lineage. His lineage is dumb deep. I done spun 
I'm a DJ too, so like I done spun all that stuff in what in its original form and its sample form, and it always moves the people. That's because when he wrote that music, he was in touch with his purpose. That's what kept him alive. When he lost touch with his purpose, and you can see it, and you saw it in the testimony in the film. Like that guy, I don't, I mean, yeah, it was cool, he was rapping, but I don't know if that was his purpose, you feel me? That might have been him chasing what you might have thought it was, and that came from the inside, right? Your purpose doesn't come from inside. Your purpose decided is decided before you even get here. So, I'm gonna put that one out there. Victoria, I'm just loving to hear all the things that come from the film. So, speak on having um, a purpose that's higher than yourself. Um, I don't see, from my perspective, that Walden got off of that. Um, I, I see that it, it became eventually his undoing because okay. he just saw that he had such responsibility you know, for 40 years, 50 years, and he couldn't stop everything that he wanted to stop in the world. And sometimes in our community or the activist community, when people see themselves as, as saviors of things that might be greater than their, their own physical circumference, things that's all around the world, you know, um, it can wear down on you if you feel as though you're the one, right, or, or your cadre or your people are the ones to stop this thing. And um, with Weldon, we see in the film that with Amadou Diallo um, was, was murdered, right, in 99. Like, yeah. and we still, he's still doing this. I, you know, cause he right. went back from, you know, That's it, the 60s, to, right? Right. Is exactly. the guy that wrote to the Undefeated and Black, right? Correct. And so then, when we see that 9/11 happened, mm -hmm. um, to your point, you know, we saw those who were here in the beginning that uh, his grandmother said that the way that he was able to express himself was through music. He would just lecture whatever, he go to the basement, he played the mm -hmm. piano, that's how he learned to play the piano, right? right. So after 9-11, say he, he was, it was difficult for him to create, yeah. you know, and that was his, like, his only outlet since he was a kid, mm -hmm. you know, and 9-11 was so, well, I'm from New York, so I, I, I get it a lot, you know, but yeah. for him, he is something that he couldn't even fathom that he could control or save, and that was it for him. So um, we do need to have a higher purpose, mm -hmm. but you do also <coughs> need to, to be at peace with certain things and to have um, satisfaction and appreciation for right. certain things. Because like those policies that uh, the moderator was speaking on, a lot of policies deal with us not just not being satisfied, right? So um, where we at, you know, this, this great land of America where you can just have anything if you're willing to do what it takes to get those things, the good, the good or the bad things. If we are satisfied sometimes with the things that we have and not look towards what we, we don't have and what the neighbor has, what TV says, you know, the, the ads say, the movies say, you know, that is one of the ways that the we can, um, yeah, the 
is uh, tighten up your belt is, is a real thing. Learn how to fast is a real thing. You know. Um, yes, yeah, so but there there is no one answer to that though, right? Cause yeah. Especially with the film, he's just a, a gazillion things that went wrong with Walden until when his father left, right? And his mother left. Right. His mother, you know, died by suicide. So, you know, mm. we, we can't, we can't put, and that's, and I think that this is, you know, this therapist, Michelle, uh, mentioned that it, it's just not one, one thing. And when we look for, towards our friends and our family who might be depressed, it's never really one thing, right? Because depression and sadness do different things. And a lot of times, a person is not able to pinpoint exactly what it is they're depressed about because it's just a multitude of of things, like a big nothing. Nothing is wrong actually right now, but I feel this way, you know. So I want to show with the film that how it looks holistically when someone is in in danger. I I know. to some of that in some ways. I just want to add to that in some ways. You know, I, I think that the spiritual piece and the higher purpose piece um, <coughs> in combination with how do we come up against these forces that seem greater than us, um, to me the first thought is remembering that it's not greater than us, that it is not real, that part of things, that there's a whole dimension that we're operating on that has nothing to do with those blocks and how they come up into our lives. Um, you know, the, the film really gave us all the uh, opportunity to see it on screen, right? But we, you know, in this community, we walk around amongst each other and sometimes we don't see that on, it's not labeled, we can't necessarily see what's going on underneath for other people. But I think one thing that's really important is that we've got to stop lying, we need to stop pretending, we need to... Um, I'm so grateful that the stigma is releasing and reducing. It's not gone, but there's still some folks that hold on to that stigma of mental health having this negative connotation or this negative <coughs> edge to it. Um, but like I said, there's another side to the coin. There's mental wellness also, which means we're doing okay. Sometimes we might be doing a little less than okay. But I think that piece about being present, being mindful about what's true in this moment is the way that we get through right here in this moment, if we can, matter of fact, why don't we all just breathe in wellness right now, just breathe it in. Because we can get present and remember that the present moment is okay. And because those tough times come around and bat us around and, re and remind us of all the weaknesses and all of the scars and all of those things behind the eyes, those, those inner eyes that see all of the the, the cracks and the flaws and the, the things that aren't working right in life. And um, it's those eyes that cause us to feel sad and down and depressed and whatnot. And those things aren't people, things, those aren't things that people can see. So we need our people in our community to not um, be judgmental around what, those, what that looks like. Um, and I think that just starts with grace, having grace for self, having grace for others. Um, allowing us to have, remembering that we all have a story and we don't know what that story is. You don't know what I walked in here on before I came in. So what shows up on my face right now, right, it was just true for everybody. I don't know what you came in on. 
and just remembering that sometimes we can assume positive intent, remember that there's both sides, um, and that the present moment is okay, and it's great to spread around a little grace. Give it to self and others. Um, I think something that we're not paying attention to, too, is that we've got to do this as a community. We've got to look out and look in to each other to see where we are as far as our mental health goals or our health care. Because he did reach out. He, waited, he, he reached out to Quincy Jones. He reached out to different people that, that turned their back. So we've got to be, you know, uh, a people that start really looking and um, that caring for each other enough to step in to those boys that everybody's going to get into sometime in their lives. To me, I mean, that was the only thing that I'm really disappointed about, really, is that he did reach out but he didn't get, he didn't get the hand he needed. I just wanted to add on to what you were saying because it's, there was a part in the film that deals specifically with the Griot party because the Griot party comes um, after Wonder Woman and I was the only male storyteller with the Wonder Woman and I met with Elijah Moeed and we said we need to do this for the men, specifically black and brown men, create safe places for us to heal and create safe places for us to make mistakes. Um, and so, um, there was a point in the film when they talked about, um, was it John Henry, you know? And then he uh, correlated that with black men um, aren't allowed to show, you know, show their uh, feelings and things of that nature. Because in a patriarch, we are supposed to be the providers and the protectors, and anything less than that is weak, right? And so there's a couple of different intersections that, you know, you know, are there with like, you know, looking gay or looking feminine or looking woman and looking weak, which doesn't make you as strong, you know, right? So now we're in an age where we gotta be very, very particular what we doing with the men in our community, right? Because I feel like the health and wealth of our community is gonna depend heavily, you know what I'm saying, on the conditions of do we see ourselves in other people? So with the check you culture and the cancel culture, we have to understand how can we balance that out with the council culture, right? You can call someone out, you can like do whatever, but are you counseling them? Are you just trying to count? Are you trying to counsel them? Because the council culture, I'm not saying that in some levels it's not warranted and needed to check someone, but when you counsel someone, we talk to person, we talk about what you talk about, people feeling invisible. And once people feel invisible, especially black men, then we start to lash out. We take that hurt and say, okay, you don't want me to be a nurturer. You don't want to see my feelings. So I'm going to take this hurt and I'm going to turn it into anger. And I'm, gonna, I'm not going to build. I'm going to destroy. You feel me? So it's like. That, that kind of starts in the household. Though. Right, it does. But you see, know, what I'm saying is, is even when the sister was like, well, no, people weren't there for him. Maybe they were there for him, but they had no idea of how to feed his need how to be a healer. We're not taught how to be nurturers as men, right? And I feel more and more as we move forward, that's why I said love is seeing yourself and other people and serving to you and them. We actually are trying our hardest not to see ourselves in other people that we don't agree with, and that's trash. We need to get rid of that. We don't want to see ourselves in all these celebrities that are making mistakes on that higher level, right? But they are there because we want to try to act like we're better than them. 
And I, um, so one of the things that I try to do, I try to write every day, and that's where my mental wellness comes from mm -hmm. because it's a form of therapy. But I wrote something the other day I want to share with y'all. It's like even the most broken mirrors still have very good reflections. Mm -hmm. Even the most broken mirrors have really good reflections. We think that because a person is broke that they don't reflect who we are. Mm -hmm. We may have actually contributed to the breaking of that mirror, but we want to replace them, cancel them instead of counseling them and melding mm -hmm. them back together, and we want to just get a new one. Yes. Yes. So even the most broken Amen. mirrors have the best reflections, and those broken mirrors are all right here. You got to start seeing yourself in other people, man. And we are there is a, a ongoing trend and an agenda, ongoing trend and agenda to stop you from seeing yourself in someone you disagree with, someone you don't like. The whole universe is within yourself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, with, uh, logic, man, you nailed it. Because, uh, yeah, the, the idea of unity and polarity, and that like love is a different degree of, you know, love is a different degree of hate. Hate is a different degree of love. Cold is a different degree of hot. Hot is a different degree of That's true. cold. You know, and that uh, divide and conquer was created. Come on. You know, for a reason. But like to, to what you're saying, the question you asked is, what are the ideas? What are the things? What are the systems? And it's so profound. You wake up in the morning, you brush your teeth with fluoride, then you go bathe in it. Then you put on, put on uh, aluminum under your armpits, and you do this every day for your whole life. Then you go to, to step one through twelve from when you're born and get brainwashed and you're being taught by the person who came and grabbed all your people and put them on a boat, sent them somewhere. So if we really think about what's going on, it's, it's not child's play. Like this is absolute programming. Like you're under, it's complete attack. If, and, and if you're not taking it that seriously, if you're not taking your mental wellness as your your priority. You gonna lose. You just gonna you just gonna get swept with the with the tide. That's that's basically um, how profound this is because it goes even further than that. Like the programming on television. That's why they call it programming. You know what I'm saying? And diet, of course. You know, and and to to the diseases. I mean the. The police, the, the the gaslighting, like, you know, like, okay, this year we'll shoot 500 black men, put it on TV and force everybody to watch that so their kids are normalized by that. I mean, it's it's so serious. It's, it's not a game, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, You know, I love that question. For me, for me, I would say like I realized that that my thoughts and my body were the same thing because every time I think something, I felt it in my body, right? Mm -hmm. 
And I was like, that sensation, ooh, what's that? And then I started becoming more aware of it through meditation. Right. So what I do is I float every day. Meditation. I do an hour of, of floating, and then I have like an EEG machine. I'll meditate later on in the day. And then I'm a trumpet player, so um, I, I, I play the trumpet. I shed probably like six, seven hours a day. When my daughter sleeps, she hears me playing the trumpet. So for me, I, I, what, what it does is it allows me to go from a place where I may have anxiety or stomach ache or, or I may have like a, uh, my heart rate going crazy and I'm able to observe that and bring it into a place of harmony where, it's, where I'm dreaming awake and I have a sense of clarity. And then when I go out into the world, um, uh, things that would normally throw me off, I can engage from a relaxed and peaceful space. Just so, so when I don't have all of that, breathe. Yeah, what I do is I sit. I I have a I have a, a scarf, and I wrap it around my legs, and I sit down on the floor. I do an hour. At the beginning of the day, I'll write. I journal. I've been journaling for like what, fifteen years now. Every day I do three pages. Sometimes when I'm really going through it, I might do fifteen. You know what I'm saying? But you know. Um, yeah, for me, it's just sitting down on the ground. I'll do an hour. Or if I can't, at, at, at the beginning of it, you might not be able to do a full hour. So you might build it up in five-minute increments, and you might do five, then you do 10, then you do 15, then, you, then it starts getting fun. Then you start realizing, dang, oh, I'm breathing over there. I, dang, I healed that. Because we can heal ourselves. Yes. That's, that's, the real, that's the real judge. Mm. It's the doctor, you know? But um, is it that over, overthinking leads to these physical responses? Of course, rumination is <coughs> overthinking is the cause of it all. Universe is mental. True. Thinking is the cause of it all. Yeah. Don't but, forget to go to the motherland and spend some time in the village and get recentered. Yeah. When you're in prison, you're going to deal with prison culture. Yeah. We're in prison in the U.S. Yeah. We can't feed ourselves, we can't clothe ourselves, we don't defend ourselves because we're in prison. You go to the motherland, you spend six months, or you, when you come back, you can deal with this culture, prison yeah. culture. Yeah, but, but also love, love is a powerful force, and I think, like, for me, spending time with my family, spending time with my kids, Going to closet with my aunties, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Massive you know, what nots. That that really can that really can feed your soul. Uh, a friend of mine, Jan, sent me sent me something about myelating myelating the vagus nerve. And as human beings, we could take our uh, anatomic nervous system and we could actually we could we could put it in environments that are good for our anatomic nervous system. And we could myelinate that. What does that mean? Myelination is gray matter when when it when it when it increase when when you keep doing something and you repeat it, it's like you master that thing. That's so you can you can make your you, you can master uh, uncomfortability, uncertainty. You can master 
your response to that, yeah. right? Yeah. And I thought that was really profound, so. Yeah. Michelle, and then we're going to wrap it up with one question for everybody. Um, just in, ter in terms of your question around tools, like, <clears throat> I would say that it's not a stagnant thing. It's about practice. It's not going to be always the same way, the same routine, but it is helpful to have some routines in place and to know what kind of tools you got in your toolbox and whether or not you need to pull out the hammer or the screwdriver and knowing how to use them when it comes time to use them. So the breath, right, really being able to, um, like O.R. is saying, utilize the tools that come with the body that you're in right now. So, you know, one of the ways that you can do that, you can take your um, index finger, put that on your third eye, use your thumb and your middle finger to breathe in through your nose, through one side, and out through that side. Let's everybody just do it. Just give yourself a practice round right quick. We're just going to practice a, a breathing technique. Breathe in through one nostril and out through that nostril, and then switch sides. Use your thumb to cover the other nostril and breathe in and out. You're changing things in your body right now. And this is one way that you can do it in this what that was 10 seconds, 15 seconds. If you can master that when it comes time to needing it in crisis or in trauma, you're better able to access that muscle memory of what peace and calm feels like in the moment. Um, but remembering it's a practice. It's not an arrival where you get to it and I've arrived at my mental wellness. It's something that I'm going to need to adjust and modify every day based on what's happening in my life, what season I'm in, what age bracket I'm in, what things are going on, what transitions I'm up against. Um, all of the different real life things that are happening for me independently and differently than it is for you or for you or for you. Um, so getting, taking time to become aware of yourself takes time. It just takes time. And it includes tracking some things, really journaling and paying attention to how certain things, re how you react to certain situations, um, including where the moon is at and what the stars are doing. Like, don't, let's not discount all of the things that impact us um, and pretend like we're all good. Last question for all of the panel members. We'll start at the end with you, Victoria, so just come this way. Uh, how can we best support each other's mental wellness? And remember, we're getting close to time. We'll keep you brief. We'll start with that. So I'll we'll save the best for last. No, no, no. <laughs> just check in for people. Just uh, check in and don't be afraid to um, use your voice with your friends. I said that because one of his friends said I didn't have the right to say anything, you know. And oh yeah. He, he didn't say anything. Asian brother. Yeah. Yeah. Speak up and say it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, right, cool. <laughs> to the people I, in the back. <laughs> they not. All right, cool. I just said just check, just check in, right? Just check in with with friends and family. That even the ones who you think are okay, so you can make the mask make you look like you're okay, right? Just, uh, just check in and don't be afraid to use your voice if you feel as though um, someone does need it. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't assert yourself, you know, into someone's life. But definitely check in and and make sure you're you're getting the uh, 
the, the real goods. And on the flip side, I would say find someone that you can talk to. Um, and it's just in the back, you know, I think when we say that we always theorize or always do this and we say no one's doing that, sometimes we also have to like change our circle and, and we, won't, we won't feel that way anymore. So if we choose what it is, like the, the least that we can do in terms of what we don't like, if we start doing that, we're gonna attract people who uh, do that as well, and so that won't be a reality where we, you know, we say that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. You know, I, I just know what I just said, but there, there, ain't, no, there ain't no, like, one, you know what I'm saying? It's like, there, there, there's no, there's no, no one. Like, it, it's, uh, it's, it's tough work. But I, but I, last thing I, I want to say is that as we're uh, intentional with the language, mental wellness um, over like mental health, because mental health has now been stigmatized. Exactly. Mental health is the new crazy, right? Mm -hmm. Or is the new nuts. They say mental health, they throw that on you. Mm -hmm. And there are so many different illnesses mm -hmm. out there mm -hmm. from kleptomania to man depression and a lot of things in between. So I would say, don't fall for that that trick, you know. If uh, you see it's a, a school shooter or whatever, you're gonna throw the mental health on it. Mm -hmm. uh, as mm -hmm. if it's all one thing and ain't the same thing, they're gonna criminalize people who don't feel okay. And, and um, I'll say, watch out for that. And then the second uh, language we want to be intentional about is is uh, the the phrase "commit suicide." Because committing suicide is um, putting the the guilt on on the victim, mm -hmm. right? So we like to say die by suicide or something of that that nature. Mm -hmm. As you know, they're, they're not a murderer. They, they they felt a certain way, and that thing mm -hmm. that that thing uh, killed them. Right? Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. all. That's what I got. No, we're gonna wrap. We're gonna be outside. We're gonna block you're gonna, outside. You're gonna, you're gonna ass outside. Yeah, in the lobby. Vitamin D, same question. How can we best support each other? Ask the question one more time. How can we best support each other's mental wellness? Oh, support each other's mental wellness. Yeah. Um, you covered a lot with. Um, <laughs> I suppose I have to reiterate the reach out part. Um, listen, listen with. Um, and listen to your people or your community with, um, if you can balance out empathy and um, objectivity, you know, like figure out a way to balance those two elements. Way more elements, of course, than that, but. Um, That's good. Sometimes, I'm, I'm Mr. Objective. I'm always like, I'm devil's advocate with everybody on the stage on different levels all the time. So I, I believe in like full objective when you're um, looking at a situation. Um, but you don't want to go too far with that. You want to be empathetic to whatever somebody's saying and really, you know, take it in. And you said it before. I mean, we're, we're kind of going to repeat ourselves on that question. You know, look look for the you and them. It, 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 it's all a 360 concept that, that kind of covered it, really. But good. Yeah, don't clap for that. <laughs> so, so logic. Can yeah, we, can yeah, we try yeah, to yeah, keep yeah, the yeah. remainders to 30 seconds? I just want to say thank you. you. Um,
you know, for uh, creating this opportunity and a safe place, you know what I'm saying, to, uh, for us to feel, heal, build, and grow. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, you know, the, the first thing that we need to do is recognize um, people, you know, and when we see um, us and them, recognize that so they don't feel invisible, because that goes back to the movie, right? Mm -hmm. um, and um, understand that uh, what we learn um, often determines how we love. So um, just know that you always got more learning to do and that you can always love better based on that. And um, just ask questions before you start to condemn a person to find out why they're hurting and create those safe places for them to make mistakes and work on their areas of growth instead of counseling them out and checking them. You know what I'm saying? Let's start that council, council culture. Yeah. Um, I would say get into some therapy of your own. Right, figure out, see what it's like. Um, find a safe space. It's nice to be within our community, but the truth is, is it's also important to have a safe space where somebody has no investment in your, in the way that you're gonna live your life. You're the owner and the, you're the one that's responsible for what you'll do um, with your life or not. And so having a place where you can just be and pull out all the puzzle pieces and look at them with someone who's not biased about what your, what your choices are or who you've shown up um, to be thus far. So it's nice to be within the community to do that, but it's also important to get into a place where it's not, um, where you're not under the glare, where you can actually be um, just safe. And then also I'll just add, play, have fun, find ways yes. to enjoy yourself. Come over to Rumba Notes afterwards and <laughs> dance, right? Get some good music into your body. Um, because fun is one of the ways that, that you know, we check back in and tap back into the present, so. Literally, could you just say, people don't, might not know what you meant when you said come to Ruben. Oh, so I do Sisters Rock the Arts on Thursday nights. That's at, tonight. That's tonight. Um, right around, around the Somewhere around the corner, I'm directionally challenged, so I probably pointed that way. Don't it's right over there. Add <laughs> that way. At Roomba Notes, um, 9 to 2 every Thursday night, you can come out and get some live music, some good vibes, some good energy with the community, um, and use it like music therapy. Dance, have fun. I'm going to piggyback off what Logic said when you said uh, just see yourself in the next person. I feel like we just all got to take a step back and put ourselves in the next person's shoes instead of just reacting negatively or being bashful to somebody's situation. Actually, you know what I'm saying? Put yourself in their life and see the world through their eyes and, you know, understand the points of where they're coming from, and you know what I'm saying? And that's, that's how I feel, though. Yeah, I asked my, my mentor, David Jackson, the same question. He, he told me, David Jackson, DJ, hey, baby boy, take push in your head and get it out, right? <laughs> Number two, he said, plant seeds of kindness. That's you true. Know, connect that people helps. just from the heart, no strings attached. Exactly. Connect, you know, hey, yo, you need to meet Michelle. You need to meet Curtis. Yeah. Exactly. Three, he said, make sure your antennas is on point. So when you feel, when you hold oh, out of here, right? And then last thing he said is, uh, he said, when we're mentally well, uh, that we, when we're mentally well, then we could become a blessing to, to each other. You know what I'm saying? Give all of our panelists a round.